Hey, what's up? Just got my flu and COVID shots. You get yours yet? Nah, I don't have insurance. Dude, lots of places have the shots for free. Really? But are they even safe? Yeah, and vaccines help prevent serious illness. I'm not missing out on this season, especially with Nate's party coming up. Okay, okay, I'll get mine too. Shots hurt a little, but missing out hurts a lot. Get your flu and COVID vaccines. Brought to you by Iowa HHS. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to Series Linked in association with Paddy Power. I'm TV journalist Emma Bullymore and as ever I'm joined by my partner in crime Mark Jeffries from The Mirror. On this week's podcast we'll be speaking to Line of Duty and Walking Dead star Lenny James and of course me and Jeffers will be giving you some top telly tips for the week ahead. You're listening to Series Linked, the podcast for TV fans by TV fans. Jeffers, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Everything's getting cancelled, but we are still keeping this going. So, you know, that's good, isn't it? You know, we're, st- we're still here. We're apart, but you're always in my mind, Jeffers. I'm always thinking about you and what telly you'd like to be watching. But we did actually get to meet up in person. We went into the studio and we phoned our guest this week because, again, it's all quite difficult. But it's Lenny James. That's great, isn't it? It was really exciting. And I- I'm a big fan of Save Me, the first series. And it's great that it's coming back and... Lenny's so passionate about it. So, yeah, it it was great to speak to him about it. Fantastic. Well, we caught up with Lenny about his illustrious TV career, so many great jobs, as well as Save Me Too, which is the return of Save Me, which is on Sky Atlantic. He stars in it. He wrote it. So he's very passionate about it. We were chatting to him on the phone. So here we are. This is our chat with Lenny James. We've watched the first episode of Save Me 2 and just as brilliant as the first series. For anyone who hasn't seen it, Lenny, how would you kind of sum up the vibe of it? Because it's very heavy. It's it's such amazing drama, but it is dealing with some difficult subjects, isn't it? Yeah, it is the story of Nellie Rowe, who has been estranged from his 13-year-old daughter from most of her life. And then one day he is arrested for grooming and kidnapping his child. He hasn't done it. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler. He hasn't done it, but the, whoever has done it has done it pretending to be Nelly. And the information that they've used is real information about Nelly. So certainly over the first six episodes, he sets off trying to search for his daughter and prove his innocence. And the reaction to the first series was huge. A, how did that make you feel and was it kind of response you were expecting? And then did it make it intimidating coming back to do the second series? The response was fantastic and way beyond what we had expected. Having said that, we were, I was very happy with and proud of the show that we put together. So even if it hadn't got the response that it did get, I still would have been happy with what it was that we did, but um, the response was certainly a lot of lovely gravy. Did it make it intimidating for the second one? Not really. I'd be lying if I said that, you know, that I didn't have thoughts of what the first one was about, but I think I had a bit of a safety net because I knew what I was doing in the second six almost as I was writing the first six because this was always a story that was going to be returning. So I had a, a strong sense of the second six episodes from before we started and also because so many of the characters and cast of the first series come back in the second series i was kind of lucky 
in that sense. It was a consideration, but it wasn't something that got in the way in any way, shape or form. And tell us a little bit more about uh, Series 2. We're 17 months on, aren't we? What's happened with Nelly? Have things got better for him? Where's his head at now? The first six episodes was the beginning of Nelly's journey. This second set of episodes and the introduction of Nelly as a character, the second set of episodes is about the toll that this search for Jody is having on him and what it is doing to the people around him and the people that care about him. He, I think it was my wife who described it when she saw the first couple of episodes. She said that there's a sense that in the first six episodes, Nelly had an easy smile and a bit of a swagger. And in the second set, both his swagger and his smile takes a lot more effort and costs him a lot more. And I think that's true of him and true of the characters around him. I think the two huge pillars are about those characters who wake up and every morning and when they go to bed every night can do so without thinking of Jodie and those few characters who can't. Two of those characters who can't are Claire Saran Jones's character and Nellie, my character. And it's about the toll of the missing child and what it does to those people who are left behind, who are left in the absence of that kid. And what about you as a person, Lenny? I wondered, you mentioned your wife, what about when you get home from a day playing this character? How difficult for you is it to switch off? How difficult is it to get into the character of Nelly? Because it is, you know, he's in a very dark place. I imagine it takes its toll filming this month after month. Well, not necessarily in the way that you would think, because one of the things about Nelly and one of the things about the world that he exists in and one of the things about his main location, the place you'll always find him, is the pub on the estate where he lives. And to a great or lesser extent, I know there's an image of people going in there to crying to their pints, but mostly people go to the pub for a giggle. However hard their lives are, they gravitate towards the pub because they, they might be able to find the laugh there. And that's very much been characteristic of our set. Certainly was over the first six episodes and certainly is over the second six. And when we're all together and we're doing the pub scenes, you'll hear much more laughter than you'll hear anything else, really. So that's been a salvation, really. I mean, there's just, it's been a lot of laughing. I think our mantra on the set has been, let's have a lot of fun taking this seriously. And that's what we've tried to do. So I haven't been bringing the dark side of Nelly. I mean, my wife might disagree with me, but <laughs> I haven't been bringing the dark side of Nelly home too often at I all. You've got a cast that directors would die for. Stephen Graham, Saran Jones, Kerry Goodleyman, Leslie Manville's in this series. Is that you kind of saying, I want these people? How did you get this cast together? We just got exceptionally lucky, really. I mean, it started with Saran saying yes, and that made a, a big difference to who we, we could go after after that. And, you know, the big yeses were Saran, Stevie G, Jason Fleming. They kind of just gave us free range to just kind of get some of the the actors that, you know, played the student, Alexander Arnold and Rajivan and Alice Fetman. And, you know, we just got lucky. We got some heavy hitters. We got some people that Sky were happy with. And, and then we just went after the characters. We just went after the people who best embodied the characters and uh, that I created and, and wanted them to flow. And, it, and like I said, we just got so lucky and getting Leslie for the second 
six episodes was I was a godsend, and and very rarely does this happen. Although people say it does more than it happened, but I wrote the part for Leslie. She was the person I had in in mind when I was writing it. I needed an actress who could convey an inner dialogue as loudly as she can convey an external dialogue, and I just think Leslie's arguably one of the best actresses in the world at doing that. And she was very much on my mind when I was writing the part. And then when we sat down to talk about casting and they said, who you want fancy for the part? I said, this is never going to happen, but Leslie Manville. And lo and behold, we ended up with her and I could not be more happy. That's a good day when you get told yes. So you've had her in your head the whole time. That's brilliant. Arguably, yeah, a bit of a coup. Yeah, absolutely. Arguably, lots of people might know you as an actor first, maybe more so than a writer. How much fun has it been for you to to have that other side of the creative process and to sit down and write this or has it been a sort of stuck in an office lonely time what's it been like it's been a bit of both really i mean it's been a huge amount of fun writing and getting the opportunity to tell this story through both writing it and playing nelly but it's it's really hard work i'm not gonna lie i mean it's you know it's six hours of television and you don't do less than five or six drafts on every single episode so it's not like a kind of one and done thing. You're really doing the hours and some of that because, you know, I've been busy doing um, 16 episodes of a television series out in America. Sometimes I've been locked in an office and just made to write because, you know, heads of department need to know what costumes and what dressings and what locations and what, you know, all of those things people need to know so they can do their job. So it's been a, a full-on, all-encompassing experience. But I have to say, when you walk onto the set at the start of a show that you've written and you see the nearly 200 people who are working because of the thing that you put down on a piece of A4, it's hard to find a more satisfying moment in your working life, really. It is a feeling that you I can't even describe and because you don't know it until you're experiencing it and each time it takes me by surprise but you walk onto the set and all of the trucks are there and wagons and catering and um and caravans and willy but it's just it's it's um, amazing to see what what all comes together just to, you know when you just had an idea about a fella in a yellow puffer jacket <laughs> you've made a couple of tv series with jed mercurio most people know him from writing line of duty did you learn many lessons from him did you take any advice from him in terms of writing um advice i was frightened to ask because i know that jed would say don't do it who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah i'd be lying if i didn't say that i tried to emulate some of the things that jed does particularly well i had said to someone earlier i think a lot of jed and sally wainwright maybe at the moment are uh, two of the people who really know how to put together an hour of television better than anybody else and i just think they're phenomenal their skill is awe-inspiring and i better look at jed yeah and look at the way that he kind of um does it and of course i was influenced by it because i'd be stupid not to and i also wouldn't be the only writer who doesn't look at the way that jed puts it together and try and emulate it well, everything, when we talk on this podcast, quite often it leads back to Line of Duty. And obviously you were there right at the start. You know, I, I hold you responsible for it becoming this massive, great thing. People who go back and watch it, uh, the earlier ones. I take ones. all responsibility <laughs> yeah, for all of the, it's completely the Line of Duty. If it wasn't for me, and, if it wasn't for me, you would never have heard of it. 
That's right. Well, D- DCI Tony Gates is a great character. I mean, I just wanted to ask, what do you remember of that time and filming on that show? Because we, we love to ask people about Line of Duty. In all honesty, I remember what a gift of a part it was and just how fantastic it was getting a chance to bring such a complicated character to life, really. And it was a huge amount of fun. I also just remember what a fantastic time I had with Martin and Neil Morrissey and Craig Parkinson and Vicky. We just had the best time and we shot that one in Birmingham. So we shot in Birmingham before production moved over to Northern Ireland. And we just had a fantastic time hanging out and being together. They became friends for life. And every time I'm back in London, we try and have a gathering and get back together because we're still very much in contact. So I remember it as a really happy experience. And actually, in all honesty, when they went back to the second series, it's one of the few times where I felt real separation, anxiety, that I wasn't part of it. And I, 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 there was a pang of kind of jealousy and hurt that it was kind of happening again and I couldn't be a part of it. And I told everybody and told Jed how much I hate him <laughs> and will do for the rest of his life. Did you say the same to Stephen Graham when he had his series? I did. Well, yeah. I mean, I was. I actually phoned up Jed and just went, because by that point we had already done the first Save Me. And I was like, so you're just stealing actors from me now. You're just like picking off my mates and bringing them into the show because Tandy Newton was also in, I think, the third season. And, um, and she's a friend. So it was like he's just, he's just tormenting me by <laughs> casting my mates. Um, and not giving not giving me another another swing at it, but you know he's done a remarkable job, and I'm incredibly proud to be associated um, with that little television series that Jed created. Do you get time to watch much telly yourself, Lenny? I do at the moment because we're all self isolating, so I'm like <laughs> doing a bit of a catch up. It's very weird when I've been writing Save Me, I can't watch good television, and by good television I mean you know, stuff that everybody goes, it's so engrossing, it's so thought-provoking, it will lock you in your handmaid's tales or, you know, anything like that. I can't I can't watch those because I'm frightened of being influenced by them and they just take too much of my headspace away. But I just need to be, you know, uh, clear because I'm I'm shooting for seven months of the year and then I've been coming to England and filming Save Me for the next five months of the year. So... The one I'm being um, uh, acting in Fear the Walking Dead and in Walking Dead, um, I'm having to write Save Me so that we can, you know, leapfrog from one to the other. So I've only got a certain amount of brain space. And one of the casualties of that is that all of the shows that everybody's been watching, I am slowly catching up on. Our thanks to Lenny. Save Me Too starts on Sky Atlantic on the 1st of April. Time now to welcome back our friend Amy Jones from Paddy Power. She's here with the latest odds to help us predict the future of the small screen. Hiya, Amy. Hello. Hiya. You've got my favourite this week, so I'm excited. You've got some Strictly odds, haven't you? We have, yeah. We've been having a little look at who we might think will be on the next show and also a little couple of specials around Stacey Julie and Kevin Clifton and what they might do next as well. So I've got plenty of Strictly for you, yeah. Oh, go for it. Who's going to be on the show? So we make the most likely of anybody that we've priced up so far is Jamie Lang, because obviously he couldn't, he can go in, he was injured, right, last time. So he is one to seven to be on the next series. So that's massively odds on. 
Um, but we've also got Perry Edwards after she was seen on TikTok dancing with Oxley Chamberlain, which like I, I watch and my legs are still aching. Um, <laughs> and then we've also got Chris Kamara. He's at four to one. Could definitely see that. Jacqueline Josser has been really popular. We've had loads of requests for her, and she's three to one. Do any of those names take your fancy? I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about Jamie Lang. Uh, odds on, I can see why that he's like that. But I sort of feel like he he had his chance last year. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I personally, I wouldn't bring him back. I feel like it's all about getting new people. And so I'm sort of hoping that the odds are wrong there, and he doesn't end up doing it. I think Perry would be brilliant if they could get her on the show. Um, she's just doing a BBC show with Little Mix, so maybe there's a, a relationship growing with the BBC and that could happen. Um, yeah, I'm still hoping Jane McDonald's going to do it as well myself. I think, think she's in the betting as well. Anyone there you like the look of, Emma? You, you're the big Strictly fan. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about Jacqueline Josser because she's just one I'm a celeb and they, you know, I like to keep my reality shows separate. I saw on your list of odds, Hugh Edwards. I would definitely be up for watching Hugh Edwards do a samba. Brilliant. Yeah, and Hugh Edwards is really short as well. He's one to three. Uh, Jeff, as you mentioned, Jane McDonald, she's eight to one, so a lot larger, but not impossible at all. So you think it's more likely that Hugh Edwards will do it than Jane McDonald? Far more likely, yeah. And just looking ahead as well, we've got Kevin Clifton obviously announced he was he was leaving the show. Um, a lot of people speculating about what he's going to do. He's saying he's got big things planned. What odds could we get on him maybe doing something with Stacey or perhaps perhaps doing a reality show himself? They're really short in terms of what Kevin and Stacey might do next. It's five to one that they go into making a TV documentary about themselves or whatever. And they're eight to one to have their own reality show, which would be fascinating. <laughs> it would be. I bet a lot of people would watch that. It would definitely get an audience. We mentioned I'm a celeb as well. There were big rumours that Eric Cantona was going to be on the show. What are the odds looking like so i think if eric Cantona was on the show i'd probably pass out with excitement but um, <laughs> our traders don't think it's very likely they've got him at 14 to 1 to give you an idea nigel farage is more likely he's 10 to 1 <laughs> oh that's it i mean is, is Cantona really that unlikely to do it jeff as you know this better than me well what's what's happened is the the main boss of the show uh richard Cowles, he said uh, in, a, in a talk he was doing that he would be his top choice this year if, if he could have anyone and, and everyone got very excited by that but unfortunately what they want and who actually does it is is two quite different things um and the deck often want to try and get a footballer in there as well and Generally, it has to be someone who's probably retired from the game or, or perhaps a bit short of money or something. So I've got to agree with Amy. It would be great if Eric was in there. But I think 14 to 1 is probably about right because I think it's probably a bit unlikely. But fingers crossed, maybe you get your wish. I see that Susanna Reid, friend of the podcast Susanna, is very short odds to go in. Yeah, so she's actually one of our favourites to go in. She's only 2 to 1. She's right wow. right in the mix of the favourites. In terms of football, as you mentioned there, Paul Merson is 3 to 1, a little, only a little bit little bit less likely than Susanna and I think that would be far more likely but yeah Susanna right up there with a chance according to the traders but you know every year there's a Richard Maidley rumour I'd love to see this happen either Strictly or I'm a Celeb doesn't bother me which and he's got quite good odds hasn't he yeah so he's only six to one and I think a lot of that was based on he was in the circle wasn't he um, so I think people are kind of hoping, right, you've done the circle, now we want you in I'm a Celeb. Jeffers, do you think he'd do it? Well, he has been out to Australia before. He's done the ITV2 show and his son-in-law has done it as well. So I think there is potentially could do it. He knows how it all works. I'm sure they'd offer him a decent sized check if he did want to do it. So I think it's possible. Yeah, I think six to one is probably about right. And fingers crossed, you know, if he did sign up, I think he'd be a great name and 
get some people watching. A few other interesting ones in there, like I say, Nigel Farage is 10. John Burkle, the speaker, is 6-1. to one. Um, and then Maura Higgins from Love Island, she's 5-1. to one. I could see that happening. Jeremy Clarkson, 10-1 to one. again. We've had a couple of requests for Jeremy Clarkson. I mean, he would make great value. I'm sure that they'd love to have him in there. I can't see him doing it, though. Jeffers, do you think there's a lot of pressure on them to get a good lineup this year? Because it was probably their most boring series in quite a while last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the anniversary year this year. It's the 20th series of I'm a Celebrity. So I think they are under some pressure from that point of view to get a really good lineup. And as you say, that last year, to be honest, not really very much happened, did it? It was a bit flat. The ratings were down a little bit as well. So there's sort of two reasons for them to get a, a big lineup. And I think they will pull out all the stops and, and fingers crossed they can get some of these names. Because I think, as always happens, uh, the, the predicted lineup is sometimes better than the uh, what we actually see in there. You know, if we could have half of these names in there, it would be a great show, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's always the way. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for joining us. That's Amy Jones from Paddy Power. Join Ruby Walsh, Paddy Power, Tom Nugent and a whole host of great guests each week on Paddy Power's racing podcast, From the Horse's Mouth. From the Horse's Mouth. From the mouth of a horse. From the mule's muzzle. From the pony's trap. From the cob's gob. You get the picture. From the Horse's Mouth. New episodes every Friday. You're listening to Series Linked. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for the biggest TV interviews and to stay on top of all the best shows on the box. Click subscribe. Takes two seconds. That's almost it for this episode of Series Linked. But we can't let you go without a couple of recommendations. It's what we do. So go on then, Jeffers. What's caught your eye this week? Yeah, I'm going a bit left field uh, this week. It's the pilgrimage, the road to Istanbul. Um, It's Friday night, BBC Two. And it's a new series. Last year, they met with the Pope and a mixture of celebs doing, doing this pilgrimage. This time, it's uh, it's Eastern Europe. It starts in Vienna and ends in Istanbul, 2,200 kilometres. But it's not really so much about the pilgrimage itself. It's quite interesting to see the the reactions and the sort of relationships that form between the, the celebrities. And they try and pick quite a varied bunch. This time, you've got Adrian Charles, Edwina Curry. Fatima Whitbread and Dom Jolly. Dom Jolly's sort of the Brendan Cole of this year. He, he doesn't really believe in any kind of religion, whereas most of the others have got some some type of uh, religious beliefs. And, and it's just interesting the different conversations and and the and the sort of trails and trials they get up to. It's kind of like a gentle reality show, I suppose. That's how I sort of see it. There's not too much religion in there. It's not rammed down your throat, so, but it, but it's quite. It, c- it can be quite an emotional journey. So I, I think it's definitely worth a watch, even if it's not necessarily the thing that you'd normally like. I think it's worth a go. Yeah, well, I'm impressed that you've recommended this, Jeffers. This isn't you, your kind of show usually, but I really like this. Um, and I think, like you say, it's not. I, I think so, if you just read a one-line synopsis of it, it might put you off. But it's really well made, and it's always an interesting clash of opinions. But Clash is a word I use carefully because they're usually quite respectful of each other so they can have a proper conversation without it just being a slanging match. I really enjoy it. I picked something uh, a bit lighter, um, something quite funny. Uh, This is on Sky One. It's called Hitmen. It's Mel and Sue. Uh, And you might think, Mel and Sue, Hitmen, what's that all about? So I think it's their first... Is this their first scripted comedy? I don't know. But obviously, we usually see them presenting, uh, and this is them acting. But they play best friends, um, and they play um, sort of not very good contracted assassins. Uh, their job is to kill people, uh, but it's really more about the chats that they have in the van between hits. Uh, Jason Watkins is in the first episode. They've got lots of good guest stars. And I just like being in the company of Mel and Sue. It's a bit silly. It's not the most hilarious thing I've ever seen, but I think it's very enjoyable. I think Sky are on quite a role at the moment with the comedy because I tipped up Breeders the other week as well with Martin Freeman. So I think they seem to be really getting their act together when it comes to comedy and 
comedy is a good thing to watch at the moment. So I think it's a decent tip. Well, yeah, and for ages, you know, we were saying there's so much great drama, but where's the comedy? And I think people are finally responding to that, which is a great thing because we need a lot of comedy. It's just as important. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Jeffers. That's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. This has been the Series Linked podcast in association with Paddy Power. If you've enjoyed it, then go on, do us a favour, leave us a five-star rating if you would. And if you've just got a couple of minutes to leave a review, we would love you forever. That would be amazing. And make sure you've subscribed as well so you can catch the next episode when it drops, hopefully, fingers crossed, on Thursday morning. For now, though, bye-bye. Bye for now. Muddy News Media. Hey, what's up? Just got my flu and COVID shots. You get yours yet? Nah, I don't have insurance. Dude, lots of places have the shots for free. Really? But are they even safe? Yeah, and vaccines help prevent serious illness. I'm not missing out on this season, especially with Nate's party coming up. Okay, okay, I'll get mine too. Shots hurt a little, but missing out hurts a lot. Get your flu and COVID vaccines. Brought to you by Iowa HHS.